to Victory and Labang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to church. And uh, you're probably wondering what I'm doing here. Uh, we're back here in Festival Mall, but not officially. I'm the only one here with a couple of people uh, just shooting and... Uh, you know, making sure that our broadcast is clear. And so you've just seen a missions report on the nation of Cambodia and uh, the gospel is continuing to advance in the nations of the world. And we'd like to thank you on behalf of the pastors and the staff for your continued support for missions. And so thank you for always partnering with us. Now, as we continue on with our series, we're still on Gospel Explained and we are now going through Romans chapter 4 and we're going to be talking about faith in the promises of God. Now, when you talk about promises, how many of you have actually had broken promises? You know, in this day and age of many broken promises, sometimes we have such a difficulty in believing in the promises of other people and sometimes also translate it to believing in the promises of God. Now, how many of us will believe that God is able to make good His promises to us? And why can we trust God when He gives a promise? Now, this is actually an issue of faith as well. Now, many people are confused on the subject of faith. But faith is more than simply uh, believing in something that's real or true. It's more than just having a mental assent. Now, some people, you know, having confidence in something does not mean that you automatically have faith. In fact, whether you feel it or not, the Bible says that you have faith as small as a mustard seed. Uh, you can actually believe God for things. That your faith somehow is dependent on the feelings can actually generate some false notion about faith. Now, that is not the real kind of faith. And this kind of belief can actually deceive a lot of people. Faith is more than just believing something that is not true and making it true. And I want us all to realize that we can actually you know, have learned some lessons from our patriarch Abraham, uh, specifically in the chapter 4 of Romans. Now, we want to be able to look at the promises of God, and we also want to learn what faith is all about. You see faith when you see it in action. Now, let's just uh, open our Bibles to chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at the righteousness of Abraham that is acquired by faith. And we will see that, you know, this particular righteousness that Abraham was a gift from God when he believed. And I believe that in the same way as we believe in the promise of God, that, you know, translated to us as righteousness. And so, Abraham obtained righteousness by faith and not through the law. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, I'd like you to open your Bibles to Romans chapter 4. We're going to be reading from verse 13 to 25. Allow me to just read from the NIV version this day because uh, I kind of miss this version. NIV mean, means uh, necessary in victory. Okay, so we're going to be looking at NIV in chapter 4 of Romans uh, verse 13 to 25. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. For if those who live by the law are heirs, faith has no value and the promise is worthless because law brings wrath and, there, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's 
offspring, that's you and I. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. In verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. In verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Verse 22, this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us, to him, to whom God will call uh, or will credit righteousness. Uh, to, for us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered, verse 25, over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for our time today that as we talk about your promises, may we as your people believe plain and simply that you are faithful and true to every word that you speak. Help us to have faith, to believe in what you say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, just to give us a little background, we know that Abraham's relationship with God began with a command and a set of promises. Now, back in Genesis chapter 12, if you recall uh, several months ago when we had a series on Abraham, God told Abraham to go from his country to leave his father's household to go into a land that God will show him. Now, God gave a promise to Abraham that God will make him into a great nation and God will bless him and God will make his name great and God will bless those who bless him. And to those who curse Abraham, they will be dishonored and he will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And all this blessing will go through Abraham. Now, did Abraham believe the promise of God? Apparently, because he did, uh, went and he obeyed. And I believe that his obedience was a proof of his belief in God's promises. Now, we will look at what faith is not first. Because sometimes the best way to learn what a thing is, is by learning what it is not. And then we're going to focus on the effects of faith, what faith is, and what it accomplishes. And I believe that this is a very, I believe a, a very appropriate word for us today. Now that we're going through this pandemic, we're believing for healing and, uh, you know, just finally a cure or a vaccine for this sickness. We're believing for breakthroughs. Uh, in the area of economic crisis. And there's a lot of faith that people are trying to muster nowadays. Now, we want to look at what faith is not first. Now, going back to this text that we have just read, we realize that faith is not trying to fulfill the law. Now, it was said in verse 30, it was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the, the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Because the law brings wrath. 
And where there is no law, there is no transgression. Now here, Paul tells us that faith is not trying to obey and fulfill some kind of a law. For example, in the home, for those of you who have smaller kids, you know this, that when you tell your children, especially the toddlers, do not touch this or do not do that, guess what they will do? They will actually simply disobey and uh, not fulfill the law or the command that you have given to them. Now, faith is not trying to obey the law and keep up with the standards. We know that it's hard for us to do that. The law is important. Yes, we are to obey the law, but following it does not necessarily give us faith. It is not the source of faith. It is not the source of righteousness. You are not living by faith. Uh, this doesn't mean that you are, you, know, you are living by works if that is your basis of righteousness. In fact, if you live in those terms, you will find out that you cannot receive what God wants to give to you. Do not think that God will love you because, you know, more just because you are trying to obey or, or fulfill the law. And we see this actually in the story of the prodigal son. That even if he disobeyed, the father still continued to pursue uh, him and has received him back. Even if he broke the command or the law of God and his father. Now, secondly, the law renders the promise worthless. And we see this in verse 14. For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless. It is not about just by obeying the law. For example, if I ask any one of you who is quite athletic to, you know, to volunteer right now, I'm in this in the center. And if you're familiar with our center, it's quite a long uh, walk from the entrance to the edge of kids' church. What if I give you a promise? And I promise to give you 50,000 pesos if you can do this thing that I ask. Now, I want you to go to the foyer one, okay, at the entrance of the auditorium and run as fast as you can to the end of kids' church in one second. Any volunteers? I might raise the 50,000, but you know, I, I'll find it for you. But you know, is, is there any volunteers? I see that there's no volunteers because I'm the only one here. But you know, maybe because you're not flash, that's why you don't want to volunteer. And you will say to me, even if you promise to give me 50,000 pesos, Pastor, your promise is useless. Why is that? Because no one can do what you're asking them to do. Your promise is worthless. In the same way, if we try to, you know, even if I try to mean or sincerely mean that I will show you the 50,000 pesos, it has no value to any one of us because no one can do it. In the same way, the law is like that. If the promise is, if the promise is based on fulfilling the law, then it becomes useless because no one can live and fulfill the entire law, even if you're the nicest person on this planet. And it does not stop there. The Bible says the law brings wrath. In verse 15, it actually says uh, it subjects us to punishment if we don't fulfill it. You know, remember the time when we were still uh, in chapter 1, uh, many, many months back? Uh, wrath is defined as, uh, in chapter 1 as the removal of God's divine protection. Uh, you can do whatever you want. That's exactly what that was saying. Wrath is the removal of restraints from human beings. And we see that back in chapter 1. The Bible says in, in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul said, and he wrote, He gave them up. Three times it was said that He gave them up. 
or God gave them up or God gave them over to their passion and to their uh, whatever, lusts. That is wrath. That is God saying, you can have it your own way. You know, C.S. Lewis said this very, very wisely, that the whole world consists of just two kinds of people. Those who say to God, your will be done, and those whom God says to them, your will be done. You know, when God removes the restraints, human beings, people begin to fall apart. We are to have restraints. If you remove the restraints, and we are objects of wrath. Removing the restraints means lawlessness. You know, when God removes the restraints, human beings begin to fall apart. Last month, as I was watching the news in the U.S., some of the demonstrators, you know, there was a big issue on racism uh, in the Western world. And some of the demonstrators resorted to looting supermarkets and stores in the malls. They were doing their own thing. At one point, they were protesting. At one point, they were actually marching forward. And then some groups decided to destroy property and loot some stores. And so here we can see that when the restraints are gone, we actually you know, do our own thing. We break down. There's no more standards. And that's why we become objects of wrath. Now, let's look at what faith is. In verse 16 of Romans chapter 4, the Bible says, Therefore, the promise comes by faith. The promise comes by faith. The promise does not come by obeying the law. The promise does not come by trying to please the Lord. You know, uh, you know just by doing things for Him. Now, I see a lot of different posts on social media like Jose Mori Chan coming out already because six months from now, is, you know, we're going to be celebrating Christmas. God is not like a Santa Claus. He's, he doesn't have a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty or nice. But, you know, when you talk about the promise of God, the promise of God you know, simply comes by faith. And that is found in verse 16. And so it may be by grace and may be a guarantee to all Abraham's offspring. Not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. And that's us. He is the father of us all. You know, this promise that God gives to us comes by faith. Simply believe. Just believe. Sounds good to be true. But it is true. When God gives a promise, just believe. That settles it. And the promise does not just include personal right standing before the Lord because we become heirs of the world. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says, all are yours. All becomes ours because of Christ. And you are in Christ. And Christ is of God. You know, what's interesting is the next verse. We find that there are there's some obstacles even to the faith of Abraham. And in verse 18, it says, against all hope. Abraham in hope believed and so he became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. And what's interesting is in verse 19, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. Can you imagine that? You know, I'm 50 plus, and I, sometimes I feel some aches in my body when I run or when I exercise. And I cannot imagine Abraham at 100 years old, and God promised him, you're going to have a son. And Sarah's womb was also dead at 90 years old. You know, Paul gives us, you know, three things 
about what faith is. First, it says about what the object of faith, the object of faith. Don't ever miss that. There's an object of faith. It's not about the size of our faith, but it's about the object of our faith. Next, he shows, he shows us that there are obstacles in our faith. Sometimes, you know, when we you know, are in faith and we're moving towards the direction of believing God, there are obstacles. And this is just so far from the promise of God, you know, whatever we're going through, our circumstances, many times are not aligned with the promise of God. And then he tells us the objectives of faith, where faith will bring us. Now, the object of faith, we know that God is the object of faith. And that is what Abraham looked at. It is not the question of how little or how big your faith is. It is a question of how big our God is. And we know that in this time of you know, uncertainty, you know, sometimes it's just so difficult for us to see the future. As I've been saying many, many times in my preachings, you know, many times you don't know what the future holds for us, but we know who holds our future. You know, if you go to a bank and apply for a bank loan, for example, normally the bank looks for three C's and you call it the three C's of lending. And this somehow determines the level of risk, uh, risks to a lender. First, they look at the capacity to pay. You know, when you are applying for a bank loan, they look at your capacity to, to repay that loan. Then they look at your capital. Uh, they look at your net worth. How much do you have just in case or maybe some... Uh, consider this as collateral. How much do you have that can actually cover that loan that you are borrowing from the bank? And last thing that they look at is the character, the past credit history. Guess what? I believe that our God has all three. He's got the capacity to fulfill what He has promised to us. He has the capital, the net worth to back it up. In fact, the Bible says He is the owner of everything. You know, everything belongs to the Lord. And, you know, the, the, He owns the cattle on a thousand hills and even the hills under those cattle. You know, there's no problem about God owning and He owns all of us. Capital, net worth, He's, back, he's, back, he's, he, he's backing is even beyond or more than all the gold bullions in the world. And then the last thing is about character. God is faithful and true. Last week we talked about that. That God is faithful to his character, uh, to his word. God is faithful. That's his attribute. He's got a great credit history. In fact, he doesn't even owe anyone anything. What kind of God do we have? And I believe that there are two things that we can find in scripture about God that helped Abraham tremendously. First, he can make the dead alive. And so the Bible says, you know, all dead things become alive before the Lord. Some of us may actually look at things in our life that may have death. We see dead dreams. We have dead hopes. We have, you know, maybe our aspirations died because of all these things happening to us. And many of us are wondering what happened to 2020. You know, we started this year as, you know, having all the aspirations, all the dreams, all the vision, you know, all the positivity that we can muster. And, yet, you know, in the, we're in the middle of the year 2020 now. And some people are saying 2020 is dead. Really? Or maybe a relationship died. 
or maybe your phone died, you just have to charge it. You know, we know that God somehow is able to bring back to life anything that is dead. You call that resurrection power. And secondly, He can actually create things out of nothing. He calls to existence things that do not exist. You know, back in the book of Genesis, it is recorded that God said for six days He was speaking and He was uh, creating And he said, let there be light, and there was light, and let there be this, and there was that. And over and over he would mention, let there be, and it was so, and it was there. Until after six days, he rested. You know, I believe that in our day and age today, God is not, God has not stopped in creating things. God is still, until today, I believe, he is still saying, let there be. He's still able to create things uh, that are not as though they were. That is the kind of God that Abraham had uh, believed in. The God who gave life to the dead and who calls things uh, to existence even if they did not exist in the first place. It was that God in whom he fixed his faith. And I believe and I hope that the same God that Abraham has trusted is the same God that we will trust, that we will look to God no matter what situation you're in, no matter if it's a very bleak situation, no matter how desperate and seemingly hopeless your situation is, God is a faithful God. Whatever we are called to, whenever we are called to exercise our faith, you know what, many times there are obstacles. In the life of Abraham, there are two obstacles uh, to his faith. There was hopeless situation and there was an overwhelming possibility Do you have a hopeless situation right now? You know, what were the hopeless circumstances that Abraham faced? You know, Paul somehow tells us that there were two. Abraham's body was 100 years old and Sarah's womb. The Bible says Sarah's womb was barren. You know, she was 90 years old. So it was virtually impossible for both of them to have children at that age. A 100-year-old Grandfather, he's not even a grandfather because he's got no son yet. But, you know, his body was probably not going to cooperate. But we know full well that God had the power to fulfill his promise. God, uh, Abraham's faith was different. In fact, the Bible says without weakening in his faith, he faced the facts. He did not ignore or deny the facts. He looked at the facts. He was looking at his body, 100 years old. Getting weak, he looked at the, you know, the, you know, just the reality that yes, he's weak, but yet I believe also that God is a powerful God. And the Bible says hope against hope. He believed in hope because his faith was fixed on the God that he is serving and not on his current situation. You know, when you are facing a difficult situation, may our eyes be fixed on the powerful and the almighty and the ever faithful God and not on our present situation. And this is where the promise of God becomes sweeter because, you know, somehow, you know, his power is even highlighted at the backdrop of human weakness. God is good no matter what reality says. God's promise remains true even in the midst of that reality. Even if you have a situation that you're facing right now, God's promise for you and for me, as he was to Abraham, is going to be true. 
God's promise to Abraham was believable even when the circumstances surrounding Abraham and Sarah made it not so because of who said it and the power behind that backs up the one that who said, who said it. In Romans chapter 4, verse 20, it says, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened even more in faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Abraham's faith became strong. You know, when you talk about faith, faith actually grows. It's kind of like going to the gym. You know, when you talk about our muscles getting strong, you, you strengthen your muscle by using it more. And uh, the way to also increase faith and the way to grow faith is by exercising it all the more. And you exercise faith when faith is being tested. You know, there's a, a saying in the gym, no pain, no gain. I believe the same way when you talk about faith, no pain, no obstacles, no gain. And if you have faith, as small as a mustard seed, that faith is enough because it's not about the size of your faith, it's about, it's about the size of our God. And some of us are, may, are probably going through some difficult or yet impossible situations right now, yet God is faithful in the midst of all that. My question for us today is, what is that impossible circumstance that you and I are facing during this pandemic and economic crisis? God's promise will prevail. You know, we can put our trust in the faithful promise of God that He will take care of us no matter what. Remember when you were talking about Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Hebrews 6.12 also says, We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Let us not waver in unbelief. In verse 24, But also for us to whom God will credit righteousness, for us who believe in Him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for justification. The faith of Abraham serves as an example for us to follow and also opens the door of blessings of God in our lives. You know, we can have, we can have the same righteousness that was credited to Abraham, credited to us, because we are children of Abraham. As Abraham believed God, and as we believe in, the, you know, in, in Christ's finished work on the cross, this righteousness that was given to Abraham is also given to us. You know, believe in Jesus and you will be saved. Believe in God's promises that you are an heir of the promise. As Abraham believed in the promises of God, it was credited to him as righteousness. And so it will also be with us as we believe in the Lord Jesus. His perfect record will be given or imputed to us. You know, maybe an example I can use is it's kind of like going to a job interview and, you know, as you are being interviewed by the president of the company, what you're holding right now is the resume of another person and you're being hired not based on your competence, not based on your character, but based on the other person's accomplishments. And this is exactly what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. When we put our faith in Him, when we believe in Him, what God sees in us is not our own failures, not our transgressions, not our iniquities or sins, but Christ's perfect record imputed to us. That is who we are 
in Christ. We are partakers of God's promise, not based on what we have done in the past or have accomplished, whether we have read our Bible today or prayed or attended online service. It is based on faith, on the finished work of Christ on the cross. You know, I have seen God's faithfulness in the midst of all my unfaithfulness in my life, and I will continue to see it, I believe, over and over again. Over time, my faith has grown, and it will continue to grow. And I believe that He who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete the promise He has for me in Christ. Just the main point I want to just share, and then we're going to end in prayer. Believe in God's promises, no matter what, because He is able to fulfill what? He promised. Let's just pray right now. Father, I thank you so much for what you are doing in the midst of your people. I thank you, Lord, for those who are maybe visiting our online service. I pray, God, that you would continue to reveal yourself to them in a fresh, new way. For those of you who are joining us for the first time and you were, and you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you are, you're, you know, you're just being honest, and maybe in humility you're saying, Pastor, please pray for me because I want to receive the gift of eternal life. I want to pray for you right now, and just you can just follow along this prayer as I lead you. Just follow along with me. Let us see, Lord Jesus, I confess that I am in need of you a sinner in need of a savior. Thank you, Lord, for going to the cross and paying the penalty for all my sins. I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and believe in my heart that he is raised from the dead. Therefore, today, I know for certain that I am saved and I am a child of God. Thank you for giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. You know, if you've prayed that prayer, congratulations. Today is the, first, is the first day of your eternal life. And I'd like to invite you to join us uh, in our Connect Rooms right after this service. You will see at the bottom of your screen that there's an invitation there. Just go ahead and look for those uh, Connect Rooms. Or if you're not able to find them, just go to our website, victoryalabang.church/connect, and we'll definitely get in touch with you. And for those who are still waiting for the promises of God, uh, and many times through obstacles, through faith and patience, it still hasn't come. I want to pray for you right now. Father, thank you so much for those who are praying for things that are seemingly impossible. Maybe some are praying for healing. Maybe some are praying for restoration of relationships. Some are praying for economic or financial breakthrough. Some are praying simply for wisdom. Some are praying for maybe healing from mental illness. I thank you, Lord God, that you are the God that we serve. And Lord, as you promised that by your stripes you are healed, may you uh, continue to meet your people where they are. I thank you, Lord God, that you will, Lord, just impart faith in the heart of your people. Not to give up, because Lord, it's not about the size of our faith, but Lord, it's about who you are we're worshiping. And I thank you, Lord God, that your grace will always be sufficient for us who believe. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, if you also uh, would like to discuss this uh, sermon with your family members later on, or maybe with a small group uh, during the week, uh, on your screen you will find that there are discussion questions that you can actually uh, take note of. And right after we dismiss, go ahead. Uh, maybe you're going to take lunch or dinner or merienda or any, uh, any type of meeting with your family or friends. Go ahead and use those questions uh, to just 
discuss and learn from one another. Once again, thank you so much for attending this service. And let me just close this service with a word of prayer and final benediction. Father, thank you so much for your blessing. And Lord, we thank you that your grace and your faithfulness is, Lord, the anchor of our hope. And Lord, continue to bless your people as we um, uh, enjoy our time with our families today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn His face toward you, grant you peace. May the love of our Heavenly Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much once again for joining us. We'll see you all next week. God bless you all. subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialabang.church.